Well, this morning, I want to give you just a very simple message, and I titled this message, The Simple Life. How many of you would really like to have a simpler life? To get rid of some complications in your life, to get rid of some of those things that have dragged you down. And I want to talk to you this morning about how to achieve that simple life. Now, I, I instantly remembered that uh, this was years ago, and we were sitting around, our staff was sitting around a conference table, and we were just kind of talking. And Pastor, was, he, he started talking about this frustration that he wanted to write down his miles in, in the car in this little book, but every time that he went to write, because it was wintertime, like the pen didn't work, or the way he had hung it on the, um, the visor, made the ink, you know, so it wasn't there. And he's just like, I, you know, I just, is there anything that would work? Well, everybody started talking, like, you know what, this pen right here, I heard this one, you can write upside down, and this one is good for the, I mean, the conversation kept going and going till somebody even said, you know, the astronauts have this pen that they're, they're able to write in space, so maybe that would work. And all of a sudden, this person who had not spoke up the whole time, sitting at the table, all of a sudden, in just a calm, quiet voice says, what about a pencil? And we're all like, oh. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. How easy is that? We're going all the way to space to get a pen, and it was as simple as a pencil. And I want to just talk to you this morning about how we can let go of the things, the complications that we put on our life and how to get it to the simple life. You know, everyone is working so hard to achieve a simple life. You know, we're working that second job, or we're going to get more education, or, you know, we're, we're trying to buy the latest gadget, because that's going to make our life simple. And none of these things on its own is bad. But what I found out in life is, you know, you go to get that second job thinking you can put money and savings in, the car breaks down, and now you got a car payment. You go and, you know, you want that more education, and that's great, but now all of a sudden you've got student loans, and you can't find a job within that field. Or, you know, maybe you decided to downsize and then you get the news, the baby's coming. Or how about, you know, you married that person thinking that that was going to bring security and, you know, and, and, you know, wonderful things into your life. And then all find sudden you find out that's not the right one. Or how about you've been church hopping or you don't go to church at all. You know, people that, that you know, they don't go to church at all because, you know, uh, the pastor just yells and, you know, people aren't nice and, the, you know, they just want my money. And pretty soon all you're doing is you're staying at home and spiritually you are just drying up. See, in our own pursuit for the simple life and doing it in our own abilities and our own thought process for our own gain will end up complicating our life. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I fear, lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, we allow our thoughts to get so complicated, and those complications begin to draw us further and further away from the simplicity of Jesus Christ, the simplicity of the Word of God. You know, I, I was looking it up and kind of the average that I found out when I was looking up, how many thoughts do we have per day? The average was around 60,000 thoughts per day, which averages out to about 2,500 thoughts an hour. And those thoughts can either bring simplicity to our lives or it can bring complications to our life. So I want to read you a little thing. 
his diary versus her diary. So let's hear her diary. It says, Dear Diary, I thought he was acting weird. We had made plans to meet at a cafe to have some coffee. I was shopping with my friends all day long, so I thought he was upset at the fact that I was a bit late, but he made no comment. Conversation wasn't flowing, so I suggested that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed, but he kept quiet and absent. I asked him what was wrong. He said nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said it had nothing to do with me and not to worry. On the way home, I told him that I loved him. He simply smiled and kept driving. I can't explain his behavior, and I don't know why he didn't say I love you too. When we got home, I felt as if I had lost him, as if he wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there and watched TV. He seemed distant and absent. Finally, I decided to go to bed. About 10 minutes later, he came to bed. I decided that I couldn't take it anymore, so I decided to confront him with the situation, but he had fallen asleep. I started crying and cried until I too fell asleep. I don't know what to do. I'm almost sure that his thoughts are with someone else. My life is a disaster. Here's his diary. Lost in fantasy football will have to rethink my team. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that men are simpler and women are complicated. But what I have found in life is that when things begin to happen in our life, we instantly go to the way she has her thought process. You know, we all of a sudden, we hear the rumor at, at, at our job, something about downsizing. All of a sudden, we're like, oh, great, I'm about to lose my job. You know, I was the last one hired, so I'll be the first one fired. And then what am I going to do? I'm going to have to move. I have to move. I'm going to have to get rid of my car. We can't do both. Oh, my gosh, the kids. What are we going to do? Christmas is... And we go in this complicated life. And God's simple word is this over here. What's my word say? I said, I'd never leave you. I'd never forsake you. I said, I'd uphold you with my right hand. You got this thing. I'm with you. But we complicate it. See, you can't control how many thoughts come into your head, but you can control what you allow to remain in your head. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It is possible to, to, to control and to decide what's going to stay in your brain. And some things hit you like a ton of bricks and you've got to be quick and you have to be effective with the fact that you are going to take those thoughts captive and you will make the decision that thought has to go, this one gets to remain. See, isn't it amazing that we naturally, as, as, as humans, we, it's so easy for us to instantly go negative, I've never, you know, been in a, I, I, I shouldn't say never, I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress. So there, most of the time though, when something happens, you know, you get that unexpected bill in the mail. I, my first thought isn't usually, okay, this bill, this is a huge bill. This was out of the blue, but praise God. I have a God that will sustain me, that God, you are just going to bless me. That's not my thought, right? I'll be honest with you. My first thought is, we're going to have to get rid of somebody in this family because we can't, I can't afford everybody here. We got these, <laughs> we instantly go negative. And we've got to learn to be quick to, to captivate those thoughts. These thoughts of unforgiveness, bitterness, fear, worry, hurts, shame, lack, loneliness, 
rejection, betrayal, will frame our lives and will move us farther from our breakthrough and farther away from God. Because the more complicated your life becomes, the farther away from God you get. There are things that have happened in our past that we wish never happened. There are things that were in our control that happened and things that were out of our control that has happened. There's a molestation. There's, there's that, that, that abuse, that physical abuse, that teenage pregnancy, that bad relationship, that poor financial decision, that death of a loved one. But whatever we, we had to walk through and whatever we're walking through right now, the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ says that we can let go of the complications surrounding that situation and we can embrace the simplicity of Jesus Christ. It's taking those things that are gripping us. It's the sorrow, it's the pain, it's the depression, it's the frustration, and we can lay them at the feet of Jesus. See, the simple life is truly simple if we allow the Holy Spirit to direct us. If we can get to that place of revelation where we know, I cannot do this on my own, but if I can just lay it at the feet of Jesus, it's that simple. If I can just give it to God and then not take it back. See, sometimes we complicate things to avoid what is actually a lot more simple than we want to admit. We grab a hold of excuses, and we grab a hold of circumstances, and we use them as a life raft that we can float on. We use that so we don't have to, you know, talk and conversation with people. We use that so we don't have to go to the house of God. We use that so we don't have to let go of, forgi- you know, of, of, of forgiveness and that bitterness. We use excuses and circumstances all the time. And we feel justified. How many of you, I don't, don't raise your hand because, you know, but you're going through something right now. And you feel justified in your anger. You feel justified in holding back forgiveness. You feel justified in your tears. You feel justified in all these things. But God, you know what? It's not about your justification. It's about releasing and knowing that God can do a miracle in your life. Uh, I'm going to do a little plug here for my book club. I love my book club. And... uh, if you, ladies, if you want to be a part of it, we just meet probably every six weeks it comes out and we just get together, we read, uh, we read a book and then we get to sit and discuss it and um, I, I encourage you, if you want to hop in on this next one, it's not a, um, we decided to change it up a little bit, it's not a teaching book, we're actually doing a Christmas mystery novel and just having a little party with that one, so just get on our website, go to events and I'll have it posted up in the next couple of days so that you can get registered for that. But the book that we were reading, one of the things that she was talking about was what she labeled as free hostage. And it's when you yourself put yourself in that prison, and even though you have the freedom that Christ has given you in that area of your life, you decide that you are going to be that hostage. And people get really comfortable in the convenience of being bondage, in bondage. And if you were to ask somebody, you know, and if I was to, you know, even if as saying that right now, a lot of us would be like, no, it's not about a free hostage. I am, in, you know, I am bound by the enemy. I am bound by the, no, you're not. Because Jesus came and died on the cross so that you would be free. So the choice of you being in bondage right now has become a convenience to you. And what I mean by that is it has now become your identity. 
And the fear of letting that go and finding out who you truly are in Christ seems more work to you than it is being in that bondage. And, you know, sometimes, and none of you, this is first service people, all right? None of you are like this. But how many of you know people that, you know, they, they love a good pity party and they want to invite you all the time, right? And some people, they stay in that place of bondage and they stay in the place of complication because it feels good to their flesh when people will come and put their arm around you and just say, oh, honey, I'm just so sorry you're going through this. That's just so terrible. And what they really need is just somebody come along and say, that is really terrible, but let me just tell you that you can live outside of this complication, that you can live outside of this bondage. You can be free and not a free hostage. Some people want to stay in that complication um, to avoid being accountable for their actions. See, I can just go and I can just be angry whenever I want to be angry because they did me wrong and I'm going to just hold on to this bitterness and on to this resentment because if I do what God is telling me to do and forgive and to let go, now I have to be accountable for, those, for my actions of showing the love of Jesus to them and I don't want to do it. Then the simple thing is then stay that free hostage if you'd like. See, the deception of the enemy is to come to get you to that place of life where you're so exhausted and you're so unfulfilled and you feel like you have no place to go. We spend hours online Googling how to do this, how to become that. We get, you know, we hop on social media to see what everybody else is doing so we can figure out if we can do this. And maybe we don't need any more information and we don't need anybody else's participation in our life. What we actually need is just the simplicity to understand and say, I'm a child of God and because he lives in me that I can have better, I can feel better, I can do better, I can live better. Amen. It's as simple as that. But you don't know what they did to me. No, but Jesus does. But, but you don't know the financial hole I'm in right now. No, but Jesus does. And the Bible was given to us to show us the simple gospel, the good news that in Christ, you don't have to live labeled in that pain, live labeled in that frustration, be, live in that bad situation that you're going through. I was, um, the other day, I, took, I had to take my mom into convenient care. She wasn't feeling well. And so, you know, as you all know, convenient care, we had plenty of time to sit around and talk. So I was telling her this story, and halfway through the story, she stopped me, and she goes, your story has an awful lot of butts in it which I wanted to reply, I can leave your butt here at Convenient Care, but I said this first. See, we're not online yet, so she can't watch this. After next week, I can't tell any more family stories, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I probably will. Um, but, and she was telling me, you know, she had to stop me because I was telling the situation. I was like, you know, this, but this, you know. And she, was, she told me that when she first got born again, she, was, she said, I'll never forget, I was at the altar, and I was just crying, and the pastor's wife came over and was talking to me. And she said, and I told the pastor's wife, you know, I know God can do this, but, 
And she said, and the pastor's wife grabbed her and aggressively got in her face and said, but there's no butts in heaven. Like that. Well, my little rebellious self would have said, yeah, but we're not in heaven, so I'm dealing with some stuff right now. But when we live in the complications of circumstances, it'll become a hindrance and a weight. If you're always wondering why it always feels like you're just running in quicksand all the time, probably because you've allowed some complications and some circumstances in your life weigh you down. And God is saying, if you would just give that over to me to live that simple life, to just simply trust the word of God, to simply trust who I am, you're going to have that weight removed. The simple act of disempowering the dead weight of denial brings freedom in the places that we procrastinated. We're great at procrastination. You know what? How many of you have been saved over five minutes, right? <laughs> you know the Word of God talks about you got to just forgive that person. And I'm talking about forgiveness today because, you know, we have the holidays coming up. Some of you, you got some, you got some crazy family. And you already, you're already beginning to stress because you know you got to get together. And some things have happened and some things have been said, but maybe the simple gospel has just put on your heart that you got to forgive and let things go. And we've got to learn to just allow the Holy Spirit to just break off those things that have weighed us down. And you will discover then no more you'll have to go through stress. You won't have to go through that anxiety. You won't have to go through fear of, what, of having to get with family anymore because you've procrastinated enough and you decided, I'm going to take the simple gospel and I'm going to let things go. Yes, bad things happen to good people. But you have to make the choice that you're going to release that person. You're going to release that decision that you made. You're going to release the pain. You're going to release the fear that has held you captive. If you're wrong, keep it simple. Say you're sorry. But I really feel like they need to. How many of you have ever had somebody come up to you and say, you know, I just want to just say, you know, I forgive you for what you did to me 10 years ago. And, you know, you were... That's not an apology. You know, that's somebody still trying to say what they want to say. And maybe you feel like you need to talk to people that way. I'll forgive you because, you know, remember, you did that. The simple gospel just says, just forgive. Say you're sorry. Um, if you made a poor choice, keep it simple. Change course. Learn from what you did. If you long to be more like Jesus, keep it simple. Make it less about you. If you want to just, you know, God, I just need more of you. Lord, I just ask and we're begging God. God, I want it to be more of you. And he's saying, great, less about you then. We can keep it simple. We say we want change, but the simple life might just be less statements, less words, less social posts. And it's all about what we're actually doing and just simply being. Some answers aren't as hard as we think they are. They're often more simple than we want to admit. Um, so this is, this is several years ago. And uh, middle of the night, lights go on in the bedroom. Pastor starts yelling. I'm, you know, instantly, what's your head go to? You know, somebody's breaking in, fire. 
you know, something. And all of a sudden, I mean, every light comes on. He's on the side of the bed, and he's yelling, and he goes, there's a spider above the bed, above the bed. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to adjust my eyes. He's not here, and he's not. He doesn't listen to podcasts if I speak, so he'll never know about this story. I'm telling. So he's, he goes, he goes, watch it, watch it. Make sure it doesn't move. Watch it. And he runs out of the room. Now, again, I'm just lying in bed. So I'm laying there, and I'm looking, and I thought, this better be a tarantula or something, something poisonous. No, it wasn't. And um, so I'm watching this. He runs back in, and he's got the vacuum cleaner. So he's got it at the side of the bed, and now he's trying to put the hose, the extension, on the side of the, uh, you know, to the, to the vacuum cleaner. And the whole time he's going, watch it, watch it, did it move? And I'm like, it hasn't, and it's not moving. So... All of a sudden, so he gets it connected, and he turns it on, but what he didn't realize when he put the vacuum cleaner there, he put it on a sock. So now the so sock would whoop, up into the vacuum cleaner, and if any of you have ever ran over a sock or something like that, it starts smoking, and the, the smell is horrendous. So now the vacuum cleaner is smoking. The smell is horrible, and he's still yelling, did it move? He's trying to pull out the sock. Did it move? Did it move? I get on a bed, and I grab my slipper. I get on the bed, poof, and lay down, went back to sleep. Sometimes we make life so complicated. That bill came, yes. And we're all, we're, we're going crazy. That person did us wrong. Our boss yelled at us, and we didn't deserve it. Now we go home, great. I'm going to have to look for a new job. They're probably going to fire me tomorrow. We're so dramatic of people. And even those of you who don't think you're dramatic, oh, you're quiet dramatically. We don't see you for days. You know, you're in your room. Don't talk to me. Well, honey, you, 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 you know, you have to come out. You have to go past her church today. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's loud. I'm usually the, the quiet one. And we get to the place where we're running and we're yelling about our circumstances all the time. And we're so good at it. And we're so good at talking about our mountain instead of talking to our mountain. And Mark 11:23 says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. It's as simple as that. We draw, you know, um, uh, he shows us in his word how to do life simply. He shows us in, in, our, in our communication with him, our time of prayer, he shows us how to do simple life. He shows us when we take time to just praise and worship his name. The simple life is not about it being convenient, though. At Christmas time, I used to, you know, go out to all the stores and get my family all their presents. And, you know, I'd be stressing and, you know, fighting with people, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then I realized, what, where's all the Christmas stuff I got you? They, they would take it back. They would return everything and then go buy what they really wanted. So then I thought, I got smart. So then I said, give me a list of things you want. I will shop off your list. Also put links on it. So all I have to do is sit in my sweats at home with my computer and conveniently shop 
for something that I know that you want. I love that, but that's not how life is. It's not about convenience. It's not about comfort because God is more concerned about your character than he is. It's, does this make you feel okay? Does it make it comfortable for you? Is it convenient for you? Because it's never convenient to stand on the word of God for something that you have to believe him for. It's not comfortable. It's not convenient. But if you will do that, you will find that your mind will be at rest. You will find that you've got the strength to persevere. You will find that the joy of the Lord overtakes you. And it becomes that place of that simplicity in Jesus Christ. We do have to fight the good fight of faith. In uh, 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now, for lack of time, I'm not going to go through it and read, but in Joshua 6, we all know the story of the walls of Jericho. And if you were ever in Sunday school, you know the walls came tumbling down. We sing that song. But I went through and I reread this story again. And I did a little research on the walls. And in that time, the way that it was built, because it was built with part of a wall, and then it was part of the, the ground that went up, and then another part of this wall. So for those that had to walk around the walls of Jericho, from their view, it looked like the wall was a 10-story tall wall. And all the people were given was this instruction. We're going to walk around it once for six days, and then on the seventh, we're going to walk around it seven times, and the walls are going to come down. And they were also instructed, don't open your mouth, don't say a word while we do this. I will tell you when it's time to shout. And I was reading this and I was just like, I hope that I would have been one of those people that would have been just the good person, you know, that just says, Dot whatever you say. We will walk around. And as we're walking, we'll look at all the army that's up there looking down. Yes, they could shoot arrows at us, but we just trust Joshua. We trust God. We're just going to walk around this and we're not going to say nothing. And then they have to go back to their camp finish out their day, and wait for the next day to do it again. And I thought, how um, complicated of a situation it could have become if they would have gone back to their tent and said, you know what, this is crazy. No way am I doing this. Have you seen that wall, how tall it is? Have you seen what Joshua is trying to get us to do? He, he's putting us out there to die. I probably would have been the one leading the team in the complication. Back then, I'm born again now, so hopefully I would have been the one that would have just walked around with my mouth shut the whole entire time. But it came down to this. Would you simply march? Because we look at that story and we're like, wow, what a great story. The walls of Jericho and what these people. But they were just your average people. They were you and they were me. And if God is telling us to do something, can we just simply do it? Do we have to get our mouth involved? Do we have to get our rebellion involved? Do we have to get to that place where we're like, I don't want to be inconvenienced for what is about to take place, but can we just simply obey? Can we just simply forgive? If God tells you to forgive, can you just simply 
patiently wait in the season that you're in, knowing that if you try and get ahead of God, you're going to mess it up. Can you simply just wait? Can you simply pray? Instead of just going crazy over that situation, can you just stop what you're doing and just simply pray? Can you simply serve? You know, we say all the time, in fact, after this meeting, uh, after this service, we have our dream team gathering that we're going to meet with all the people that volunteer. Can, and, and, and we're always saying, we, you know, many hands make light work. We want you to take your gifts and your talents and be a part of doing what we're doing here at Faith Builders. Can you just simply serve? Can you just simply let some things go? God is saying, I got, you know what? If I could come down and smack your hand, I would do it. But you got to just let it go. You know, offenses, and I, I was going to teach this one time, but they say that, you know, in order to capture uh, these monkeys, what the, what the, uh, the uh, poachers would do is they would take this cage and they would put uh, meat in there and to capture and these monkeys. But the monkeys were too smart. They're like, I'm not going to go in the cage. No. Uh-uh. No, I'm too smart for that. So they would reach in and grab uh, the, 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 the meat, grab whatever was hanging in there. But the poachers were even smarter than that. Because they knew once they got a hold of this, they weren't going to let it go. And it was too big to fit through the, the cage. So they were able to just come and capture that, those animals right there on the outside of the cage. And that's how we are. We're like, oh, devil, I'm too smart for you. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm not going to, you know. But we hold on to offense. We hold on to that unforgiveness. We hold on to that freaking out. We hold on to, hold, you know, not being a giver to God. We hold on to those things from the outside, and we're not going to let it go. And the enemy still can come and take us. Can you just simply embrace what God has for you? Well, I don't like this life. I want somebody else's life. Can you just simply embrace what God has given you in this season of your life? We watch those Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm like, wouldn't that just be awesome? Just to live, everyone's happy. You know, something sad happens, but they all rally at the end. And, you know, and they're all dressed up all pretty. And they sit around the Christmas tree or sit around the table. And I would love that kind of life. Mine is usually somebody's in the kitchen yelling because they're all alone cooking or cleaning. We're all in sweats, you know, because you got to be in sweats if you're going to eat a big meal. I mean, it's, it's not your hallmark-looking, you know, Christmas or, or whatever it is. But God is just saying, can you just simply embrace who you are right now and just put God first no matter what it is? And if you want more, if you want better, can you just simply pray about your future? Can you simply just say, God, I'm going to embrace where I'm at today knowing that you're the God that can take me from here and put me there in a suddenly. A great theologian was once asked, what is the greatest theological thought that has ever crossed your mind? Everyone was expecting a very deep, complicated answer, but he simply stated, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's simple, guys. This life that we're in right now can be simple when we just simply acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross 
for our healing. He died on the cross so that we can experience eternal life. He did this. He went through all the complications. He went through the inconveniences so that we can embrace the simple life. To simply love, simply believe, simply obey. Amen?